Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Today we are talking about affair-proofing your marriage. And what does that mean? With me today, Dr. Liz Hale. She is a marriage and family therapist. And Dr. Liz, you know, we fall in love. We have this wonderful honeymoon and maybe an unrealistic view of what love really is. So we kind of have that honeymoon stage but then we really need to get down to some hard work in making sure that our marriage is really what it needs to be. Isn't that honeymoon stage so fun, though? It is so fun. Oh, I feel there's nothing like it. But that's why we still have date night on Friday nights, <laughs> to still try to recreate some of that, there know, is, that romance. You're right? right, you're right. There's nothing like it, and it brings us together long enough to marry, right? right. And then hopefully the marriage keeps us working it out until we finally unconditionally love each other. So I think there's an important aspect to every stage. The, the next stage after falling in love is that big question, the big settling down question now, believe it or not, is can I trust you? Mm-hmm. I, I remember this phase after my own marriage. I was talking to some sorority sisters after uh, over lunch, and I just said, oh, it's almost like it took my breath away. Like you say, wait a minute now, am I safe here? Seems a little late to be asking this question, but this is when it happens. Mm-hmm. Do I do I come first here? Now, am I am I more important than your friends and family? <laughs> Can I really trust you to work for our family, to be faithful, to really have my back? We have to feel that our partner has our best interests at heart, and our partner has to feel the same way. That's this the importance of this page is that you are my number one, and I do have your back, and I do have your best interests at heart. I think sometimes people think, hey. If we don't have that honeymoon stage all the way through our marriage, we just don't have the romance. We just don't love each other enough. And that truly is unrealistic, right? Well, what I love, even though I I love that falling in love stage, there's nothing like it when you can't eat, you can't sleep, and all you can do is think about each other. Again, there's a, a, a reason for it to bring us together. And now the joy comes of a deepened love, a deepened affection for each other. Right? Mm-hmm. Where it's it's like, you are my number one, and now I get to prove it. There's nothing like building that kind of faith and love in someone else that supports you, that one person who has your back always. Um, into our emotional memory banks comes this, this next part. We're either during this phase of maybe that crazy in love stage is not there, but we're deepening the contact. We're either building up a trail or loading up on loyalty. So we're either stockpiling two different kind of experiences with each other, and that's either betrayal or loyalty into our memory bank vaults. And even before there's any actual betrayal, 
and this is all about kind of a fair proofing the marriage, right? We want to, we can actually start acting in a way that creates betrayal. And that's in this negative oh. comparison, right? I'll use myself, for instance. Let's say that my partner gets into a habit of negatively comparing me to someone else. He might uh, just say, you know, I, I think I could do better than Liz. You know, she leaves makeup all over the bathroom and <laughs> she's not really a very good cook. But Sally, that new secretary, she brought in that amazing lunch for everyone. Now, Sally, now that's kind of an interesting thought. Maybe Sally, maybe maybe I deserve someone more like Sally. And that's just the slippery slope. That can be the beginning of betrayal, believe it or not, just our thinking. Right. So we're either stockpiling loyalty where I make a positive comparison. You know, like, oh, gosh, oh, well, my friend was saying that her husband gets up every morning and makes pancakes for their three little toddlers. Oh. <laughs> and how just how endearing that is to her. And it's like, you know, nobody else, no one else but my husband would get up at the crack of dawn and make pancakes for these darling little three little boys we have. So it's fine to make those comparisons. Just make sure that your partner compares more positively than anybody else. Right, right. So what are the keys? I mean, Dr. Mm-hmm. Liz, when you're when you're looking mm-hmm. at a marriage and you, and people want to strengthen their I mean, I I'm still looking. We've been married for over 30 years and I'm still looking <clears throat> at ways to strengthen my marriage. So good for you. I'm when so you're proud telling of you. people, yeah. you know, hey, these are things to do to affair proof your marriage. So you started out with we build this trust. Yes. Trust is incredibly mm-hmm. important. Uh, not minimizing your partner was the, the second thing that you said. Yes, po- yes, right. It's right. Really maximizing the positive. Right. right? What, what are, what's good about this spouse? Where am I blessed? And really cherishing your spouse. That's the key. Right. And everyone has those little things. I mean, you talked about your makeup on the counter, right? And when we focus on the negative instead of what really brought us together to begin with, that's what you're talking about. That's that slippery slope. We start comparing how someone else might be better. You bet. And whatever you focus on grows, right? If I think or my partner thinks how irritating that makeup is, he's just going to see that makeup every time he walks into the bathroom. It's like, why doesn't she pick this up? Right. Why is it everywhere? Why can't she get her act together? Instead of looking at how much you cher- cherish that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much they build you up, mm-hmm. you just look at that one little thing. That bugs you. That's and there's right. always going to be that one little thing. My <laughs> husband knows. There are little things that he does. And now, you know, I've mentioned it, and now I just overlook it because I think mm-hmm. you have been such a great partner. You have been such a great father. You are such a great father and partner. I should Beautiful. use it the, the, the other Beautiful. tense, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't care if you leave your socks Yep, it's just kind of like oh, the couch. That's what Bob does. Oh well, that's or just, that's right. My husband walking in. Thing. My husband walking right. in, going, I don't know why right. she likes all that makeup, but she does. Right, <laughs> and right. she keeps buying more. <laughs> it's just so, the fun part of life is buying those things that we like, right? Yes, yes. Along building trust is really because we we want to protect and empower. That's what trust really does. And John Gottman has this great term, Maria, called the sliding door moments. Did you ever see that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, Sliding Doors? I don't believe so. Oh, it's so fascinating. It's fascinating because it goes through two scenarios. The um, the one scenario is Gwyneth Paltrow's running to catch her train in the downtown London area. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one event, the sliding door closes and she misses them, misses the train. The train goes on without her. Then it goes through the movie with her missing the train and what happens. The next time, next scenario, the same movie shows Gwyneth Paltrow running to the train downtown London and she barely makes it through the sliding doors. And her life is completely different because of those two situations, those two scenarios. Well, John Gottman likes the sliding door moments. He talks about we make bids for connection all the time for each other. We'll say things like, 
it's not a great looking house as we're driving down the road or we're walking and it's like, isn't that a beautiful flower? Look at that, honey. Or maybe it's even more intimate, like, you know what? I need you. I need you. We might say to our partner after a very tough day. These are all these bids. Couples that do well will answer those bids. In other words, they'll walk through those sliding doors 86% of the time. That's a good majority, right? Right. Now, we're not going to have to be perfect in this. Sometimes we're busy or we're tired or we just miss the bid for connection. But divorcing couples, they walk through those sliding doors 33% of the time, well below half the time. Mm -hmm. So it is so dangerous. But this, Maria, makes or breaks a relationship. These sliding door bid embraces, if we can, if we can watch for them. They're bids for connection, bids for attention, bids for affection. Right. This is part of we are so busy in life that sometimes we miss some of these opportunities where if you think about it for a minute, you know, does your spouse really know that you love them? Have you told them in the last few days, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of that, you know, honey, I just, you know, just telling them that you love them. I think we start feeling like, hey, they know I love them. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to tell them, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. It does put a relationship in jeopardy, though, if we're not just paying attention to well, like just saying literally, I love you, but also the other little bids of like, do you really care for me? Are you going to put your phone down when I come in and want to tell you this news story that just broke? You know, if it's important to me, is it important to you? Right. And, it, and it needs to be. You know, my husband, Ben, will, is always talking about oh, his, his work and whatnot. And boy, I have to make his work as a, as a purser or flight attendant as important to me as Ben is. <laughs> you know, if I really want to be right on with those bids, many of those bids where I have to stop and turn and listen and really be interested in, because that's important to him, right. his world. I've learned no matter what I'm doing on my computer, I need to close it I love and it. stop and talk to him. Because otherwise I'm terrific. only hearing about half You're of right. what is being said. I'm not giving him my full attention. Right. And our partners feel that, right? We right. feel when they're not giving us that full attention and it makes such a difference. Are you really there for me? That's really what it is. Are you there for me? Are you accessible? A-R-E. Are you accessible? Are you responsive? Are you engaged? That's key. The next piece I really wanted to bring up for our listeners, Maria, was this unfinished business. Unfinished business leaves unhealed wounds, and it's painful. It is. It puts us in, in jeopardy again. This is from research back in 1922, believe it or not, called the, the, the Ziegernick effect. And it was determined that we have the best recall for events that have not been dealt with completely. They kind of just stick with us. They stick with us. They leave this indelible imprint. Unfinished Hmm. business leaves unhealed wounds. And negativity grabs our attention, right? And it puts our brain on watch, keeping us highly alert uh, to further hurts and unsafe situations. I told you about the couple I had been working with 20 years, and he's trying to recover from from, uh, his wife's affair, and they're trying to decide whether to stay married or divorce, and, and how those old things from the past really crept up to them. Right. The very day, their wedding day, almost 20 years ago, of how they consummated their marriage. She's never gotten over that. Uh, she didn't feel that she was engaged or, or part of that. It didn't go down how she wanted. <laughs> it, it didn't happen the way she wanted or the timing of it wasn't right for her, but she couldn't speak up. And there have been many other times now that she hasn't been able to speak up in her marriage. And it's left him feeling that she's very uninterested in him sexually even to the point where he thought, I think, I think she's gay. She just might be gay. And he would never bring that up to her. So no wonder at this day and age now, after her affair, obviously she's not a gay woman, right? Um, they're in this throes going, gosh, is this worth saving? We've had so much to go through, so much to clean up. Can we really do this? I hope that they can.
Yeah. So don't create all of that unfinished business. Make sure you take care of it. Finish every step the, of the way. Bingo. Finish the unfinished. Do bring things up. Do address topics as they've how they how they've come along. We've also been trained not to be needy. Don't you hear that? I hear that a lot from the. Um, that our upcoming generation is like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be a needy kind of girl to my husband. I don't want to be those, one of those needy women. It's like, oh, boy, if I could just convince these younger generations that are marrying of anything, it would be you need to need each other. It really is okay. It's a sign of strength. You're supposed to be needy. You're supposed to need each other. Oh, boy, yes. Happy couples, they comfort, they care, and they connect quickly. They acknowledge that they need each other. The, the need for connection and love is not weak or codependent. It's biologically wired in. In healthy marriages, couples ask for comfort. They ask for care. Instead of saying, you're never there for me, they say, hey, I miss you. I need you. Let's spend some time together. And, and lastly, I think if we really want to affair-proof our marriage is that happy couples are eager to own their own mistakes. If, if there was one red flag on dating couples, I would say if you are dating someone who is never wrong, run. Because they don't, they don't need to learn anything, right? right? It will be impossible to teach them about you. They won't be open to it. It's probably the, the one personality trait that really makes relationships difficult. And none of us are perfect. But it's none of owning us are. those mistakes. Oh, it's so, it's so invigorating to be able to own your stuff. So happy couples, they own their faults and they apologize eagerly. What we see in happy, healthy relationships is this eagerness to admit and apologize when they've been hurtful. These particular couples, they've learned the power of vulnerability. Admitting their wrong enhances rather than detracts from their self-esteem and from their relationship. Bottom line, being accountable and respectful is empowering and it's protective. Sometimes we hurt our spouse and don't even have any idea that we have done so. We have no clue. We didn't have the intention to hurt their feelings, but yet they are still hurt. And that's still, you still have to own that because they were still hurt. That's right? true. And and usually there's not, usually there's signs of that, right? Maybe you look at your partner and they look a little down or they got quiet. How tuned in are you? Can you say, wait a minute, stop. Well, what just happened here? You know, Maria, you look a little sad or you're quiet all of a sudden. Let's let's just go over what happened. Did I say or do something? You get that tuned in where you don't miss it. That would be a sliding door moment. It's like, wait a second, what what just happened here? Why you look a little down, honey? Right. Did I just say or do something? Can we talk about it? I want to know. I want to know everything about my partner. Absolutely everything. That's how engaged we need to be to protect our marriage from infidelity, to protect from any even a child coming into the middle, right? we got to draw this tight, tight circle around those two people, a little bit like being in a submarine. You're only safe when the doors are sealed shut. Right. And children do add to the dynamic and <laughs> add challenges and pressures. I know even when we argue today, it's over our grown-up children, you yep. know, and it's we debate topics and we you don't bet. always agree. Mm-hmm. But again, it's back to respecting those differences and coming to some sort of compromise. The two most important people, right? Those two partners. And the closer they are, the more connected they are, the better they do at even parenting and everything else in their life. I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Liz. My honor.